The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. The Jews murmured about Jesus because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And they said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph? Do we not know his father and mother? Then how can he say, I have come down from heaven? And Jesus answered and said to them, Stop murmuring among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draw him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, They shall all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to my Father and learns from him comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except the one who is from God, he has seen the Father. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the desert, but they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven, and whoever eats this bread will live forever. The bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Some years ago, in the early 1980s, which, come to think of it, was some years ago, uh, I was asked to teach a course, Latin One, in a local high school in Whiteville, North Carolina. For the students, there was something exciting about the idea of Latin. Its association with the Roman Empire, its antiquity. And the class was packed. It wasn't elective. But within the first week, they began to realize that they were going to have to learn not only a new language, but a new concept of language. And that it was going to be challenging and demanding. And they began to drop away. In the end, about half the class remained and finished. It was more than they'd expected. 
When I was in graduate school, all of us had to have a working knowledge of Latin in those days. And we'd had four semesters of Greek. That was required, too. But Hebrew was no longer demanded. It was an elective, however. Only three of us took it. The rest did not want to learn yet another alphabet and read a language that read from right to left instead of left from right to right. It was a taxing course. Perhaps you know that experience of finding yourself in a situation where you've begun something and realized it was not exactly what you thought it was going to be. Sometimes for good reasons, we decide to remove ourselves from that situation. Sometimes we just don't have the energy. And sometimes we just don't understand. That certainly is true in today's gospel, as we will see over the next several weeks, too. Our Lord begins to tell them about himself and what he intends to do. If we began this last week and the week before with the multiplication of the loaves, he gave them a glimpse of his power. The disciples should know this by now, or at least the twelve should, because they know that the wind and the seas obey him. But they don't expect this. When he tells them that I am the bread that came down from heaven, they don't understand. Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph? Do we not know his father and mother? How can he say, I've come down from heaven? Our Lord doesn't ever mitigate what he said. He doesn't soften it. He simply says, stop murmuring among yourselves and listen to me. And then goes on to begin to speak about what God had done for them in the manna in the desert. God did this to you. He gave you the man in the desert. But now he has given you, him, given you himself in me. This is the difficult part. I said last week, and I will say it again next week again, that the Eucharist is not only the sacrament of the body and blood of the Lord, it's the sacrament of truth. It's where we really come in to an ultimate decision in life. Do I believe or do I not believe? Is it true or is it not true? So we can say, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the desert, but they died. It was only natural food. The bread that comes down from heaven, this is the bread. That you may eat it and not die. What could that possibly have meant to them? Our Lord, of course, speaks of two types of death. Natural death and spiritual death. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. Fine, but what does it really mean? Please be concrete. Remember the Jewish people were a concrete people. I mentioned that before. They thought in terms of concrete examples, unlike the Greeks who thought in terms of abstractions. It's interesting, isn't it, that just as the church was beginning to grow, this sort of an aside, when she was trying to define what our Lord had taught, that the Greeks were there to help us do it. That was no accident that 
all of a sudden we needed Greek abstractions to talk about concrete things, and it was there. In any event, they want something specific, naturally, wouldn't you? And our Lord now utters that phrase, or that sentence, that will change everything, will change their attitude towards him and towards why he has come. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. He uses the word flesh, and it means flesh in Greek. It's not, an, it's not a, an analogy. It's real. He means it. It is my flesh for the life of the world. You know, flesh as we have it. Imagine a statement like that, hearing it for the first time. For you and for me, it comes rather easily, doesn't it? In fact, perhaps too easily. We're so used, we're so used to that reality. Is my flesh for the life of the world. And now that things are going to change, as we will see in next week's gospel, our Lord will give them something they can't understand, or rather they understand, but are unwilling to accept. Imagine what the apostles must have thought. They weren't ready for this either. Winds and seas, fine. If they obey you, we believe who you are, but you cannot really give us yourself in that way, can you? Strange, isn't it? For the first 1,500 years of Christianity, nobody doubted this at all. Even with the Eastern schism with the Orthodox, there was still an absolute belief in the Eucharist being the body, blood, soul, and divinity of the Lord, and a belief in an actual priesthood that made this possible, that God would insist upon coming to us in this way. Our Lord tries to get, bring it to them gently, but at some point you simply have to say it, and he said it. Is my flesh for the life of the world. Do you ever have that experience in your life? You're trying to convey something to somebody in a kind, gentle way, but you know that eventually you're going to have to hit them right between the eyes with something they don't want to hear. Uh, probably most parents are laughing when I said that. Uh, our Lord is doing the same thing. But all of a sudden, 500 years ago, there was this rebellion against that idea. Uh, and I think really everybody wants it. Desire it, but it's, for some people it's just too much. It's just too frightening. It's overwhelming. I think I mentioned it before. My, I had an uncle who once said he couldn't become a Catholic because he would feel like a cannibal. That's what the early, that's what the Romans said about the early Christians. They were cannibals. They ate the flesh and drank the blood of this man. Our Lord will insist upon this no less than four times to drive the point home. Not just once. Bishop Gosman used to always say, I think I mentioned this last week, you can't tell people things just once. You've got to tell them over and over again if you want them to pay attention to you. Well, our Lord knows that. He's going to say this no less than four times in a row, that that we must eat his flesh and drink his blood. We do not have any life in us. I'm glad we have these readings, particularly the Bread of Life Discourse at this time, but um, in the next few weeks, next week they will begin to grumble about him, and very seriously begin to grumble about him. And our Lord will keep saying what he said. And then the week after that, once again, they will begin to walk away from him. You may have had that happen to you too. But our Lord will not call them back. In fact, there's something else that happens in this that I don't think we do have in our readings. It's at the end of the Bread of Life discourse that Judas is mentioned for the first time. The first time that Judas is ever mentioned in the Gospel of St. John is when our Lord announced the Eucharist. And you will notice 
But the last time that Judas is with our Lord and the other disciples, the apostles, is when our Lord institutes the Eucharist. Can it be, and I think St. John is trying to suggest this, that the great breakdown in Judas began with the announcement of the Eucharist? He wasn't ready to leave then. He wanted to see what was going to happen. But is that where it really all started? That he could not accept the reality of what our Lord was saying. A Messiah? Yes. A conqueror? Fine. Someone who will bring him fame, wealth, and perhaps power. We know he was a greedy man. Thief. But not this. So that's where we come. I said the sacrament of truth. Either we embrace it or we do not. There is no middle road. Um, this greatest of all gifts. We have a great many things in common with other people, other Christians too, but with here everything changes, um, including us. So I think people have a right to say, if you have received this great gift, you ought to be radically different people, don't you think? If you actually believe that Jesus Christ comes to you in this way, you should be radically changed. Uh, you, in fact, should be capable of a love that most people aren't capable of. And the answer to that is, yes, we are. I remember there was a professor at Duke who was speaking to a group of people about confession and reconciliation. And there was a sister in the, in the classroom, and she raised her hand and said, well, I hope you're not suggesting just because we go to confession that we're better than other people are. And he said, well, we better be. Uh, good thought. If we've been absolved of our sins, we certainly better be. What are we doing this for? Same thing with the Eucharist. Uh, this is what changes us. I said, this is the food of saints. Without it, we can be good people. We can even love Jesus, but we cannot be real saints that he's called us to be. So um, we will go on now to experience the bread of life, um, my flesh for the life of the world. Uh, in a sense, it doesn't overwhelm us because we're familiar with it. We never, ever should become too familiar or too casual because it's too beautiful. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed by the blood of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy for the Church throughout the world that as she celebrates the Eucharist, her members may be transformed more perfectly into the image of Christ, especially the Church persecuted. We pray to the Lord. Lord, For all nations, especially our own, that they may come to know Jesus Christ in his body and blood. We pray to the Lord. For those who are sick and suffering, they may realize that they are united to him in the Eucharist, in their suffering. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have wandered from the Eucharist, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For the legal protection of the unborn, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For an increase in vocations to priesthood in the consecrated life, and those young men and women who will be visible signs of the Eucharist they receive in a unique way. For greater respect for the presence of the Eucharist in, the, in marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord for our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, having celebrated the Eucharist, they may then be heroic uh, victims for that Eucharist. We pray to the Lord. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors. For all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. 
may they rest in peace. Amen. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, as we celebrate the Eucharist, we may be truly transformed and renewed. We pray to the Lord. Lord, We now join our prayers to those of Mother of the Eucharist as we sing. Mm